<laughs> Hi and welcome to the Crazy Chats podcast. I'm Rachel and I'm Dana. And the Crazy Chats podcast is basically just two uni students telling each other crazy stories of true crime. So if that's not what you're into, find a different podcast. But we hope you stay. <laughs> <laughs> so Nab, introduce yourself. So I'm Zainab. I also go to UAW. I'm studying a Bachelor of Psychological Science, hoping to be a forensic psychologist in the future. Um, today I'm here to listen to the, one of these gruesome stories that Rachel is here to tell me. <laughs> I'm Rachel. I go to UAW as well as with NAB, but I do a different course. I do the Bachelors of Communications and Media. And this podcast is for fun, but also going to be my digital artifacts. <laughs> so today, I'm going to be telling Nab the gruesome story of the Lynn family murder case. This case um, is, was in Sydney, Australia, so a little close to home for us. <laughs> um, so I thought it would be good to start about a case, our first podcast with a case in Australia. And um, yeah, but this one's a very intense one for our first one. So like, lol, sorry. <laughs> so if you're not into murder, wait for earlier ones of our stories because we might not do always murder cases. <laughs> maybe something a bit more lighthearted. <laughs> yeah, maybe more lighthearted. But I felt like, first one, let's do a murder case. Let's get into it. Oh. <laughs> Okay, so basically the Lynn family murder case is um, with the family of the Lynn family. And the Lynn family lived in Sydney, Australia, and this happened in 2009. I'll tell you about the family to begin with. So the dad, his name was Min, Min Lynn, and his <laughs> wife's name was Lily. This couple both immigrated into Sydney from China, but they they immigrated separately and they met in Sydney and they fell in love and got married, Aww. all that jazz. Yeah, it's so cute. <laughs> um, and in China, these t um, Min and Lily, they had similar backgrounds where they came from nothing and they just worked really, really hard so they can move to Australia and hopefully start a family. And which they did. So they met each other, they met each other, had three kids together. They had the oldest being Brenda. She was 15 when this happened. And then they had Henry and the youngest was Terry. So while in Australia, they had um, a family business and this family business was like a newspaper stand. They opened a newspaper stand or it was most, it's more like a news agent. You know, one of those, when you, yeah when you go into sydney it's like it's like it's not really a corner store but it's like one of those yeah. stands that they sell magazines like lollies and stuff like that so yeah it was one of those kind of stores <laughs> sorry so they so they worked at they had a corner store like a corner news agency stand yeah. sort of store. so they owned one of those and with that news agent stand they would they were really that's news agent type stand it was like really successful and they bought in like lots of money a year like a million dollars like a year wow like, that's great 
right? This is really, really good. So with this stand... Did they enjoy it? Yeah, they really enjoyed yeah. it. It was like something they really like to do every day. That's great then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and with this money from that newspaper stand, they bought a house together and they also invested a lot of their money in commercial real estate. So that's how they got to be able to like do lots of stuff and blah, 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 blah down in the future. Um, yeah. So with this community, with this stand, the community, like the Sydney community in that area loved him, loved the stand. They loved Min, Min, the dad who worked there every single day. He wouldn't hire anyone to work with him. He would just work with him. He would just work there and his family would help him along the way. And like, so the community trusted him and like, trusted that he'll be there every day and counted on scene and being like oh my god hi man hey also he's like really committed That's yeah he was like really committed it was just like really sweet and stuff like that and like once they started making money and like having like their house which was good and like settled and their kids were like happily and like mostly grown up um they started bringing some of their family down from china to sydney australia the first person they came they brought from China was to be Lily's sister Irene and she moved in with the Lynn family like so she lived in the Lynn family home and um, Irene also helped work in the newspaper stand and then Min brought in some of his family he brought over his parents and Min also bought his parents a house which was like 30 minutes away so it wasn't that far away so it was like hey mom hey dad every now and then they (laughs) seemed really generous yeah like they were so sweet and Min also brought over his sister Kathy and her husband Robert and Kathy also worked part-time in the newspaper stand let's talk a bit about Robert shall we Nab So Robert was to be believed to be as this very fancy ENT back in China. So like, I don't know, some kind of doctor. I don't know what an ENT is. I probably should have researched that more, but I didn't. So while he was thinking of going into Sydney, he tried to open up a restaurant. So it being like, he was thinking, I'm going to make this most popular Chinese restaurant with the, these three chefs that I'm going to bring back bring from China and he's going Did to it fail it failed it failed <laughs> like, I feel it like, can I call it from now that he's probably the one who murdered everyone I don't I think oh, a bit of call oh, oh, oh nab stop spoiling things oh he seems like a sketchy guy he's like eh, I want to be more successful I don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah so oh kind of sketchy anyway um <laughs> so the restaurant failed like Australia was like visas denied permits denied so Robert's restaurant it just didn't work out for him <laughs> it's like oops Robert's Chinese Robert's Chinese yes Robert's Chinese yes yeah okay and Robert was like kind of close to the Lin family like he would play badminton every like once in a while with Henry on the weekends and stuff like that so we go into Friday, July 17th of 2009. The whole family goes to the grandparents' house and they do their traditional, like, little family dinner, which they do, like, most night, most, like, Friday nights. It's, like, a thing for them. It wasn't really abnormal or anything. 
And like everyone is attending except for one person, which was Brenda, the oldest daughter of Min. Yeah. Yeah. So she was gone for like this one week trip with her French class. Wee oui, wee. Oui. And this trip went to a place. In, <laughs> this trip went. Uh, blah, blah. This trip went to a place in Australia where they just mainly mainly spoke French, and the class so the class can speak and practice their French. So during this like um, dinner, the grandmother was just like talking to her grandsons and be like, "Hi, Henry. Here's fifty dollars." Like the grandmother like was just like would spoil the kids a lot they'd be like here's fifty dollars why don't you sleep over for the night because just why not like we can different to the parents yeah we can give you more money (laughs) but henry was like no no grandma like i would i love to but like i'm gonna play badminton with robert the next day i'm gonna i'm gonna be i'm gonna be playing badminton with robert so i like I'll, i'll i can't stay maybe next weekend so that happened, the dinner happened, and they all went home to their respective homes. And then the next day, which was Saturday, which is one of the busiest days for the news agency, and in the morning, no one was there. No one opened up the news agent. Uh, <gasps> and, the com- and the community was just like, what the hell is happening? Like, yeah, because they like, they're there every day, men's there yeah, every day, and like, they're like, right? So, so Robert's like, fault. It's so Robert's fault. <laughs> So they were like, so the community was like, to be with Henry. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the community was like, where's Min? But like, he's normally here. He's normally here to open up the re- the store and he's here before everyone else is. And there was like, there was a stack of the, that day's newspaper in the front of the door. And like Min normally comes and open, like comes early to like, open up the shop, stack the shelves with the newspaper, but he wasn't there. So, like, everyone was like, what, what's happening? I need, I, I need my daily newspaper from Min. So someone goes, like, calls Kathy, which is Min's sister, and was like, what the hell is happening? Min's not here. He's not picking up. What the hell do we do? So Kathy was like, oh. Kathy should. <laughs> yeah, like, Kathy was just like, mm, this is strange. I don't know what's happening. happening. So Kathy's just like, let's go husband let's go to um let's go to my brother's house and it was Kathy was very grateful that day because she was she was up early which she doesn't normally do because her and Robert normally sleep in unless they're working that day so she was just very help grateful that she was up early yeah if unless they were working at the new agency that day but yeah they they weren't no Robert's failed restaurant yeah So, so Kathy wasn't working that day, and her, but she was up early for some t- for some reason, mostly because her husband was like up early and cleaning the garage, so he was probably like um, making a lot of noise. But maybe that's why Kathy was awake. But she was just grateful that like that she was just like up early. So she goes like, "Come on, husband. Come on, Robert. Let's go check on my family." Because like you know, like something might have happened to the kids, or like one of the kids was sick, so that's why Min wasn't there. Oh, so they walk over to, so they walk over to the Lin's family, and then they just was like, "This is odd. Their cars are here, but the." So what are they doing? So they knock on the door, and they realize the door's unlocked, which is very strange oh, for that family. Classic. It was like they like to lock the door, but the, she was like, "Oh, maybe they're just on their way to the news agency, so maybe that's why it's open." But when they go inside, 
they start to call their the family members' names and no one no one was answering. So they go upstairs and they find and they, and they see what is described by the police officers as one of the most gruesome crime scenes in New South Wales history. Oh my god. Yeah. Robert. I don't even know what happened, but like I feel like it's just him. <laughs> so the first room that the... then for his for his restaurant. <laughs> like like get a grip. <laughs> <laughs> so the first room that the couple goes into was a master bedroom where Min and Lily sleep and they see Lily in her bed bludgeoned to death. Oh. And apparently if you looked at her you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to identify her. She was that beaten to death. And there was blood everywhere. Like, it was soaked into the carpet, on the wall, in the ceiling, on the bed sheets. And apparently there was a charger next to them, soaked in blood. Soaked in blood. It was just so bad. And then, oof, Kathy starts to freak out, and she goes into the other room where Irene is, who is Lily's sister, and Irene was propped up against her bed and was also bludgeoned to death with blood everywhere. Oh my god. Of course she's gonna freak out. What's she gonna do? Just like, oh hey, this is me. <laughs> like, oh of course she's gonna freak out. Sorry, I'm just this is my research, love. This is what <laughs> articles I've been saying. My god. <laughs> <laughs> And then once she sees Irene, she goes into the boys' room where Henry and Terry, the two young boys, was bludgeoned to death. And then Kathy calls triple zero, which is 911 in America, and our, it's our 911 triple zero. And <clears throat> oh my God, <clears throat> if you heard this triple this zero call, you'll be so frustrated with the operator because he was just not helpful. He was not helpful at all. He was just like, like Kathy was just like, my family's been killed. My family's been killed in like hysterics, obviously, because her family was just killed. Yeah, and the, fair enough. And the operator was like, well, I can't really understand you. You need to calm down. The dude was like, well, you, I can't understand you. You need to calm down. Is there anyone else with you? Like, I want to help you, but, like, I can't understand you, so how am I going to help? Okay, staff. I'm just like, are you... Are you serious? Just just be helpful. That's your job. Literally a menace. And, like, most operators are like, breathe, just take a breath. How can I help you? Calm down if you can. But like he's just like, no, how am I gonna help you if you're in hysterics? I'm like <laughs> He's probably just as bad as Robert, let's be real. <laughs> Stop making me No laugh. one willingly says that. No one's like, I can't help you. After you see your whole family being butchered, like <laughs> anyway, the conversation anyway, the conversation eventually progresses and Kathy's just like heard has been like I can't find my brother I can't find Min like I don't know where he is and the operator's like do you know where your brother is like have you heard of him and then Kathy's like I don't know because she's like obviously like she's freaking out and then the dude's like no I need a yes or no answer have you seen Min like oh my lord okay Robert in disguise (laughs) 
<laughs> so like this operator it's just he's just so frustrating and i just and then at one point in this call you can hear kathy speak cantonese to her husband and a translator translated this into kathy begging for robert not to go out of the house and to leave her because Robert insisted that he needed to go pick up Kathy and Min's parents to let them know what happened. And Kathy was just like, no, no, don't leave me. I'm more scared than you are. Please just don't leave me, Robert. Don't leave me alone here. And like, this is, this is so odd because it's an hour long trip to go to the Min's house. And you haven't, you can't see Min anywhere. You can't see where he is. So he could have murdered his whole family and just hiding somewhere in that house and you're leaving your wife in that house with a that's awfully convenient that he wants to leave i'm just like okay okay robert you do you boo so robert does this hour-long trip and the to the grandparents house and then the grandparents the only thing the grandparents remember is robert calling them and being like something's bad happened go pick go get ready i'll pick you up soon and they do all that stuff for jazz. And then they go to the house and the detectives and like the ambulances come and like Kathy's like, here, here, blah, 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 blah. And then eventually one of the detectives come to the family and go, Have has anyone heard or seen Min? And Kathy's just like, No, no. But maybe can you can you check under the bed covers where they where where he sleeps? Like he could be there. He couldn't be he could be there. I haven't checked there yet. So the police checked and Min was there, bludgeoned to death, and he was the worst out of all of them. He was like, bam, 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 to death. Robert had a motive. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So all all the family members had to be identified by a forensic because they were really badly beaten that that they couldn't be identified but like everyone knew who they were because they were in their respective beds and stuff like that and the police later found out that the murder weapon was some kind of sledgehammer that had a rope attached to it and this rope was so the killer could have a better grip to bludgeon the family with okay buddy like (laughs) And they also found out that four of the five victims were strangled before they were bludgeoned so they could lose consciousness and not fight back. Yeah. Oh my God. So this is what believed was happened. This was what was to believe what happened during that night of their death. It was believed that from 2 a.m. to 5.30 a.m., the killer probably had a spare key to the house or knew where the Lynn family hid their extra key because there was no force of breaking to their house and the door was open unlocked and stuff like that so it had to be someone that knew the Lynn family and like had something like that and the first thing that the killer did was before going into the house and like going bam bam you're dead he goes outside to the circuit box and cut off the power so that they couldn't call 911 and turn off the uh, they couldn't call triple zero and turn on the lights. So like, like, why are you doing this to me? Anyway, but here's the strange thing. It was known that they had to have known the Lynn family because they knew where everyone was sleeping and they knew that Brenda wasn't home. 
This was proven because Brenda's room was not touched at all. Like there was no blood on the handle. There was no blood in her room. Nothing. Every room was blood everywhere except for Brenda's. So they had, so that killer had to know that Brenda wasn't home for the week and that the family was only going to be home without Brenda. It was like, it was closed. Nothing. There was nowhere. There was no blood in Brenda's home. So it had to be, the killer had to be close to the family. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then the way Brenda found out about her family, just, it's really, really heartbreaking. Like one day on her trip, she goes to Facebook to check what everyone at home is doing and she gets lots of messages being like, are you okay? Are you okay? Or like, are, are you okay? And she's like, mm, of course I'm fine. But she D- she DMs one of the people and be like, yeah, I'm fine. What's up? And then, and then like her friend was like, I'm so sorry. What happened to your family? Like, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm glad you're okay. But like, I'm so sorry, blah, blah, blah. And Brenda's like, what happened to my family? Like, what happened? And then her friend's like, your family has been murdered. And then Brenda's like, this is some sick joke. You don't just joke about that. Like, she was thought it was a joke and she didn't believe really? it. She was like, this is some sick joke. You don't joke about this. What's wrong with you? But then eventually the principal calls the teacher on the, tr- the teachers on the trip and's like, you need to put Brenda on the first flight back home to Sydney. And that was, and then Brenda was just like, oh, this is serious. Like, something must have happened. And then Brenda was greeted at the airport by Kathy. Robert and detectives and they brought her to a police room in the police station and then they told her that her family was murdered yeah that poor girl yeah so she was the only survivor of that family because like she wasn't there and stuff like that which is really sad like she's still alive today and it's like she's really strong she she's really strong so hours after the murder and like finding the bodies and stuff like that Robert kept suggesting to Kathy that like they should adopt Brenda because she has no one and then like and the grandparents are probably like too old for that so like yeah they adopt they adopt Brenda Brenda stays with them and because Min and Lily were quite young um to have a will just yet they they didn't have a will so all their estates went to Kathy and Robert which is like understandable I guess because like the grandparents are going to die eventually which is very sad to say but it's true and like the grandparents were like this makes sense they can have their stay and we'll just stay in my home so Kathy and Robert they took over all the news they took over all the um, real estate properties the houses that they'll in owns the Lynn family owns and they took over the news agent and once the community had heard about the family killings they put up and flowers outside the newspaper stand and started up a fund for Brenda's future which is which proves how much the community loved the Lynn family and men and stuff like that and this made it this and this made it have more pressure on the police to figure out who did it, which is like, fair enough. The Lynn family was loved by the community. You need to figure this out. 
but like the police had no suspects the community didn't know didn't know anyone that hated the Lin family so oh so like yeah so the police just was like we have no one so they were they went into the theory that it had to be someone that knew the family you know what i mean so they yeah. started investigating the police started investigating all of the lynn's close families and all of their close friends and four days into the interviews only one stuck stuck out to them and guess who it was now robert indeed <laughs> robert had a Cantonese translator in the room with him so he could speak in his native language and it could be a lot smoother for the police and like the interrogation and it just it didn't seem right you know what I mean like not not him having a translator just him his talking like Kathy who is Min's blood related sister was really calm and collected and was really precise about everything she was saying because she wanted to give the police like the right information and like to be like catch my who killed my family but robert yeah who's just like not blood related it's just like related because of marriage he was just very uncomfortable i guess you can say he just never made eye contact he just sat there playing with his hands the whole time and the cantonese translator was guilty. like yeah like guilty like but like the the Cantonese translator was like his sentences were just not um full he had a lot of rambly sentences and and they were just like oh okay that's just a bit suspicious to me and another thing was that Robert said he remembered seeing five bodies when he entered the house which was false because Min was found after the detectives like was like Yes, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so like it was like like Min was found five like uh, dun, dun, dun. Min was found after the ambulance arrived, but like the police was like this could just be a trauma thing. Him knowing there was four, him seeing four bodies, but like people kept saying it was five, so he just might have mixed it up and stuff like that. But it gets weird, Nab. A month later after the police interviewed everyone and like had no suspects and no leads and stuff like that, Robert calls the police station and goes, hey, remember the like interview I did a few months ago? Like, yeah, I said I saw five bodies. I meant four. Like, and the police- Any guilty person would do that. Right? Like the police was like, "Mm, okay, hon, you have so much going on at the moment. You have funerals. You have to take care of Brenda. You have to like- do like the newspaper stand because people are still counting on that newspaper stand like you have a lot going on and this entire situation is like probably not easy on you and you all you're thinking about is that mishap in your interview that you said yeah he's trying not to look guilty and it just makes him look more guilty and that's all he's worried about yeah so he's like (laughs) trying to look like the good uncle you're not calling us to be like is there any updates on the case no you're thinking about the mishap you did in your interview like okay Robert okay love <laughs> and the another weird thing is because Brenda's grandparents' house was under Min's name it went to Robert and Kathy guess what Robert did kicked out the grandparents and was like there was like go find somewhere else to live and like, was I was like, thinking he probably just murdered them because of like his failed restaurant he wanted to get like be successful but now i think he just wanted all the assets 
like and then he wants to get rid of everyone and then he'll probably get try to get rid of brenda and then like i don't know uh, but yeah so like kicks out the grandparents and is like well you look for some place to stay you can stay with us but it was just like it just didn't that? feel it's right not even his. yeah it just it's it just min parent it yeah it, it just didn't feel right and so the police had their suspicions of Robert, and so they set up cameras in his house without his permission, but, like... Good call. Without his permission and, like, without him knowing. And it was all normal. Like, the house was, like, normal. They just did normal things until they get forensics back. And the forensics told them that the shoe at the crime scene was an A6 gel shoe type of shoe. Like, it's, like, one of those shoes that, like, support back pain and stuff like that. And this type of shoe, this model of the shoe was discontinued in 2005. So this meant that the killer had to have that kind of shoe for a while. And they just couldn't buy it off the, in their local mall. Like, you know what I mean? And once this was found out, Robert was seen. I don't know how he figured this out, but Robert was seen in his cameras in his home, cutting a box of that exact shoe type. So, like, he was cutting the box. Lucky they had cameras. <laughs> yeah, lucky they had cameras. So, they, he was cutting up the shoes. He flushed them down the toilet because they heard a flush in the camera because they couldn't see the toilet, obviously, but they heard the flush. So, in May 2010, after, like, uh, like, a year later, um, the police was able to get a search warrant for Robert's house. And they were, like, to, like, the judge, like, can we this is suspicious. Can we finally have a warrant? And the judge was like, yes. So they searched throughout the whole house and they took extra notice in that garage because like Robert was on that day of finding the bodies. He was cleaning that garage early in the morning, which is very odd for him. So they, they searched the heck out of that garage and guess what they find? They find a stain under the, under like some cabinets, so it could easily be missed, but they found a stain. And they, this stain, they, the police thought is a blood stain. So they swabbed it, they photographed it, and they sent it over to some place in the USA so they can have some extensive DNA testing. Oh my God. And the results of this DNA test, oh, it was like a what? what the hell moment it's like what it was a complex dna mixture of four of the five victims blood i knew it i knew it <laughs> so it was just like it, it would be understandable if it was like one of the victims blood being like yeah he just pricked his finger and he had a nosebleed but no it was four of the five victims blood and that was like a dead giveaway of like robert did it because like the testing of these of these blood samples was really accurate right so they arrested robert in may 2011 so like a year later because blood testing takes a very long time so a year later he gets arrested and brenda comes out to the police and says that she's been sexually abused by her uncle and this gives the police more of a motive of why robert killed the lynn family like yeah so um during during the trials until the last bear, the last day kathy stuck by robert and was like no he's innocent he's innocent but like dude there's so okay much, sis there's so much evidence honey 
like look at it and so his trial was about five years after the killings happened and it was just not a simple trial like they had ev- they had all their evidence but they also had a testimony from one of robert's jailmates oh and then this this jailmate helped the police so he could get a lot of sentence taken a lot of his years taken off his sentence so like it's like not um people think it's not as trustworthy as like all the other evidence but it was still brought up as evidence and (laughs) this jailmate said that robert kept talking about how there's this one pressure point in someone's neck and if you trigger it like that person won't be able to move so they were like that's a bit suspicious no one goes and just talks about that randomly right that's clear evidence that he's literally stuck yeah so they were just like why did they say that sooner (laughs) because it was it was happening it it came out in evidence in the trial with one of yeah robert's jailmates oh yeah that makes sense yeah yeah and then he, Robert also kept talking about how he hated his brother-in-law. He hated Min because how successful he was. Oh. And he also, oh my God, this is one of the most stupidest moments Robert has ever had. He told his jailmate that he bought a hammer in the $2 store where he knew there was going to be no cameras. But he disposed of the, ca- the hammer somewhere and now he's worried that that place has cameras. If you're trying to be innocent... Why would you say that you to your jailmate? You don't say that to anyone. Right. You know like, the times that, that criminals have said that to their jailmates? It always comes out. And apparently he was bragging to his jailmate that he drugged his wife that night so she could sleep through it. Okay, love. Okay, love. You're definitely guilty. Like, my God. But, oh, anyway. And then, so... But this trial was declared a mistrial for some reason. I don't, I couldn't, I don't remember why, but apparently what it was. What evidence could you need? Yeah, so it was a mistrial. So there was going to be another trial in like August of 2014. But the justice person got sick. So they had to postpone the trial. And then this postponed trial had all the evidence from the other trial. And it was like a 10 month long trial. It was like one of the longest trials in New South Wales history. And the jury deliberated for a very long time and they couldn't come up with a verdict. I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? How can you not come up with a verdict? So the next trial was in June of 2016. And in in this trial, there was more evidence came up. So they had like a doctor come in or something. I don't know what exactly it was. But he talked about how if Robert was an ENT in China, why didn't he check for a pulse in one on one of his family members? Because as a doctor, you always check for a pulse just for like a glimmer of hope that they're alive. So if he was an ENT in China, why wouldn't he do that? Why wouldn't he go like, do you have a pulse, man? Do you have a pulse, Lily? He didn't do any of that. He just stood there being like, oh, they did. Like, okay, love, like, so yeah so they look into it and there's no record of him in china being ent so like what else could he be lying about like the only proof of his working is being a shoe i think a shoe salesman in china so i'm like oh and his shoes 
His shoes! Like, my God! Ugh. So this trial was in June of 2016, and then in January 2017, he was found guilty on all five murders. And he was... Thank you. <laughs> and he was getting five consecutive life sentences without the possibility of parole. Just absurd. Like he should. And... So, like, the police say that his two motives would have been um, how he hated his brother-in-law of how successful he was and how he want- and he wants to be just as successful as him. But also, a second motive could have been that his obsession with his niece because of the sexual abuse. It's just... That's just sick. It's just a crazy story. And Did you get charged for that? I don't know, but he got he he got charged. For he it. ended up getting five life sentences, so yes. clearly that's that's enough. <laughs> Maybe a little. Is he still alive? Um, I don't know. Let's find out, dude. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to find it, but anyway, what happened to Kathy? Did they did she um, end up like being like? Yeah, she she was just I don't know, man. And like. Brenda, did Brenda end up still living with her? I don't know, because I think cause she's like she's not she's an adult now. She would be living by herself. Oh yeah, yeah, fair enough. Maybe she's, but like she lost her family. She like, she lost her like mom, her dad, her brothers, her auntie, and her uncle, which like wasn't a good guy, but like yeah. still lost him. Yeah, and like he's like. So, like, it's just such an odd situation that it's just a bad case. It's just, like, a bad thing. I don't like it. <laughs> oh, yeah, apparently in um, 2020, um, there was an appeal or something, but it was, di- it was dismissed in April, um, February this year of 2021. Like, so he wanted to try and get out of jail and he did I think so yeah oh you think you're getting out of jail for that good luck buddy <laughs> yeah that's the Lynn family case wow yeah next week now it's your turn to tell a story you're gonna have to do all this research oh oh damn <laughs> <laughs> no it'll be fun yeah you can do like a, like I feel like with this podcast we're going to do like true crime cases but we can also like do like movies like horror movies and stuff like that yeah. it'll be fun it's not always going to be like this intense <laughs> yeah yeah it'll be fun <laughs> and then we can have some guests we can have some guests we'll, we'll, we'll try and bring in some of our friends right who knows who's going to be on there first <laughs> I don't know at this who point. wanted who wanted to be on today? Oh yeah, I said no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, someone I was like, oh, I don't want to do it, but not because I didn't want to do the podcast, but just because I didn't think I was ready to like do it. Yeah. But then and then <laughs> this other individual was like, Oh, I can hop on and like, like no. Nah. I don't want you on it. No thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so that this is our podcast yeah. I think we should end it here I guess like this is yeah. a good place to end it I think well, so. Uh, so tune in next week tune in next week for another true crime podcast episode <laughs> and this was 
crazy chats. chats. <laughs> we need a theme song. We need a theme song. We need a, we're gonna do it. Welcome to Crazy Chats, where we talk about true crime and weird movies. Welcome to Crazy Chats. Doo-doo. It's a little lightness to the true crime aspect. I love that for us.